Hello and welcome to JP Morgan's At Any Rate podcast. I'm Mira Chandan, co-head of FX Strategy, and I'm joined today by my colleagues Antonin Delaire, uh, who runs a systematic uh, macro effort uh, for currencies, and also Ladislav Yankovic, uh, who is uh, one of the key people uh, involved in the FX derivatives coverage. Uh, now, we've spoken a lot about macro um, drivers of FX um, in recent weeks, and I think the reality here is that there have been various offsetting factors that are affecting macro uh, views in currencies right now. And um, to some extent, you know, they're sort of undoing the effect of each other. So to give an example, clearly one main theme has been U.S. growth resilience, um, and uh, that has uh, increased odds uh, of uh that the market is placing on uh, the possibility of a soft landing. That's been helped by softer inflation, which has been a more global phenomenon as well. Um, and, uh, you know, all of that combined has basically uh, resulted in um, FX markets and our economists um, and the Fed for that matter to put in greater odds uh, for, uh, for a soft landing. But clearly the range of views and the dispersion in views is still quite wide. So, you know, conditions are still quite fragile from a macro standpoint. Uh, the big um, level observations I will make uh, in the interest of providing some clarity of what our view is, uh, the first is uh, we have a bullish dollar bias that hasn't really changed. And uh, the main underpinning behind this is that the U.S. soft landing dynamic that we're seeing play out in markets is not something that we can mechanically take to be dollar bearish as well. Uh, we are characterizing this growth divergence between the U.S. and um, China and Europe as US exceptionalism instead of soft landing. And just, just kind of stressing the point here that a US soft landing is not the same thing as a global soft landing. So, uh, so mechanically, this does not automatically translate into a dollar bearish view. In fact, we think that growth challenged currencies, particularly the lower yielding ones, um, you know, like Euro, Yen, CNH, should still have bearish forecasts or an underweight associated with them. And um, as far as um, uh, FX markets overall are concerned, uh, they are, we think, priced to fairly uh, benign growth outcomes. So if you take a look at the dollar, for example, we think that it has um, a growth improvement of more than one percentage point for the global economy already priced in uh, to where it is right now. Uh, and, and, you know, that or, or, you know, if you look at some other frameworks, uh, for example, we think that the dollar is priced to a global PMI of 53, whereas it is, um, you know, sub 49 at current levels. So a lot of optimism is already baked in. And so we just think that uh, chasing dollar weakness here is a poor risk reward strategy. So our bias still to be um, dollar bullish. Um, and, um, you know, as far as carry is concerned, that's the other big theme that we have been focused on. I would just uh, I would just stay here that um a middling growth environment um, should be supportive of FX carry returns, uh, you know, surely with lower intensity because this yield is diminishing. But, you know, we still expect carry baskets uh, to yield close to 10 percent as 2023 comes to a close. Uh, the drop to 8 percent, which is the average level of yields on FX carry happens sometime in the middle of next year. So, so surely that shelf life on carry is shrinking. But if this narrative around the soft landing is really right, then, um, then that should manifest itself in more positive returns from caddy as well, even with all the art performance we've seen.
So that's that's the view um, in a nutshell. But we've spoken about the macro uh, view uh, in depth in in previous podcasts. So today we want to take a bit of a different stance and a bit different look at markets. And I want to start with you, Antonin. Uh, you know, with your focus on systematic signals uh, uh, on uh, the macro currency side, what are the main themes that really stick out to you at the moment uh, that uh, that macro investors should be paying more attention to? Thank you, Mira. And the two main themes I'm going to discuss today are first, I would say, the uh, the overview of carry strategies in a bit more detail, especially their link with uh, other strategies such as value strategies in FX. And in the second part, like how to think about the USD in terms of signal and a bit systematic FX allocation. So first, regarding carry, let's take a step back and give some context on this strategy and the other main strategy. So carry had an amazing rally year to date uh, with like two uh, double digit returns. And uh, this rally was a consequence of a very race-driven uh, market. And uh, it this very race-driven market also led to the outperformance of some other strategies, such as uh, rates momentum, for instance, chasing the uh, most aggressive hikers in FX. A good example of this is Sterling a couple of weeks ago, but the strategy which got the most attention is uh, carry. So as a consequence, some other strategy collapsed a little bit, like valuation year-to-date delivered negative returns because value strategy are negatively correlated with carry because cheap currency becomes cheap and cheaper and uh, other type of strategy which collapse are strategy systematically buying surplus and selling deficits because like uh, i carry is usually offered by uh, deficit countries the first deficit emerging market countries so where are we now regarding this is more for the back the background of these different strategies year to date but where are we now regarding those main signals so carry has been challenged a bit in august uh, especially as the uh, LATAM Ayildev gave back some of their previous gains. So uh, nominal carry baskets, like purely ranking like strategies on, uh, on the level of yield printed small losses because basically the low uh, beta founder, we are not compensating for the losses of uh, the, high, the high yielders such as LATAM currencies. Over the same rolling months, mechanically, value strategies and external balances strategy outperform a little bit. So even even if there was some loss, even if the losses on the nominal carry strategies were not very large, like we got a bit this effect of carry down uh, value and external balances up over the last couple of days and weeks. But the important thing to notice is like variations of uh, carry strategy, notably the one which tend to sort of buy the high yielders, but adjusted for the beta and the risk, they deliver slightly positive return and bitter return because in that case, the funding of the strategies compensated the losses on uh, LATAM currencies. So, so I, this is sort of, this is sort of it for the latest development. And now uh, our view going forward is that the shelf life of carry, as you mentioned, Mira, is reducing a bit as the yield dispersion is going to be lower by mid-2024. Uh, but over the short term, we think it's still possible to squeeze some returns from carry uh, and systematic FX carry particularly because the dispersion on the short term is going to stay still high. The cross backdrop is holding and the uh, LATAM 
uh, our LATAM team is still highlighting strong fundamental for, for the largest currencies in uh, the region. We think like one of the key points here would be the implementation of those carry uh, trades and carry strategies. Coming back to our previous previous points, like the selection of founder to be relatively hedged uh, with your carry trade would be quite important. Now I'm going to move to like our second uh, topic today, which is like how to think about the dollar in terms of systematic approach. So one way we tend to think about the dollar systematically is via cross uh, signals. We assess if we can find a significant amount of country with showing positive growth momentum. And if this uh, number of country with growth momentum is larger than country, then countries with significant downgrade, we think it's a backdrop which is very favorable for the dollar. Currently, in more simple uh, world, we think like the growth environment does not justify a, a defensive USD position. However, like from a more relative value standpoint, USD benefits from uh, relatively good metrics. The yield offer is quite good. The momentum is growth is uh, okay and has, been, and has been revised up recently. And implied volatilities are still low, but are a little bit higher than in July. So in general, like in terms of signaling, it's quite uh, strong for the dollar. And like as Mira mentioned, it gave a bit uh, some, yeah, there's a bit some exceptionalism in the dollar positioning. So, so if we if we consider this in terms of a global FX allocation on a global portfolio, and if we try to sort of optimize like the different signals we mentioned, like carry growth and so on, and the risk balance and balance the risk of the portfolio as well, then in a in a global portfolio like that, USD would now have a quite larger position. Like notably, we think an interesting position to sort of build is keep a long uh, EMI yielders and the long USD as well and try to fund this with currencies such as Euro and select uh, I beta G10 to, to sort of benefit at the same time from carry and mitigate the risk on the portfolio. So, so that was it for like the more systematic part of the whole research. Thanks a lot, Antonin. So the bottom line here is that the yield dispersion on, on carry baskets is reducing. So that's clearly uh, going to be um, shrinking the shelf life, but so long as the growth backdrop is holding up and yield dispersion is relatively elevated, at least in the coming months, that it should continue to eke out positive returns. I think on the dollar, uh, what's interesting and what I'm finding also on the macro side is, is that the composition of dollar strength when you do get US exceptionalism is um, usually it becomes more of a problem for the funding currencies for the low yielders. Those are the currencies that basically underperform the most uh, when you do have um, uh, this US exceptionalism backdrop. And, uh, you know, by contrast, this is not really the defensive environment in which cyclical currencies do very poorly, as you as you noted. Um, so thanks for that. Let's just uh, move over to uh, Ladislav. Uh, Ladislav, uh, from your coverage of FX derivatives and volatility, what are the main themes that stand out to you um, that are the most interesting in this environment? Hey, thanks, Mira. Uh, yes, yeah, so from the point of uh, of the FX option space, just uh, let me go briefly through just broad backdrop in the FX vol. Um, FX vol's been relatively subdued. Uh, we like to see them above eight, and uh, we did have a leg lower this week. So just hovering at the at the eight. Um, 
we are continuing to see occasional bursts of realized vol, like was last week, like we saw this week, and then around the CPI. So we think that in this summer environment where liquidity is a little bit challenging, we should see from this point on um, FX vols basically holding. Uh, from the point of the risk reversals, uh, there's been selective and tactical performance in those queue, but um, Broadly, they are nominally priced at this point, especially on the front end expiries. And that's a little bit indicating a lack of conviction that the dollar may break the range, at least according to the to the options markets. Now, from that point, we really don't see um, that we may get the material rebound in the riskies, uh, but still it's one thing to, to watch pretty closely. Uh, convexity pricing, it did have a short-lived bounce but now it's back to uh, pretty depressed levels, close to near decade low in G10. Now there is a pocket of it, which is uh, somewhat elevated. That's in max uh, wings, which briefly spiked to near the highest in the post-COVID period. But then again, for the lot time, we have lots of um, concentration in the carry trade. So it uh, actually makes sense to see some elevated pricing there. On the dollar cores, the spike in the realized core was pretty temporary and it was kind of purely data that the release is driven. So, so basically, bottom line here is that uh, we see from the risk results, we see from the dollar cores that FXO markets are really not pricing in some establishment of some really pretty material trend. Is it an opportunity or not? We'll see over time. Now, going to the um, a little bit more on the on the side of some opportunities in the um, in, in the wall space, we do run a suite of systematic um, systematic models which uh, shifted slightly more defensive over the last couple of weeks. We a little bit assign it to be partially mechanical event risk uh, rolling off there. But uh, some opportunities do look like uh, a little bit more interesting. Like, for example, on the EA model, we find it interesting that um, the models are suggesting bearish stance on, on ZAR. Outside of the dollar model, um, we find that too much of the residual post BOG vol premium is baked in uh, yen cross walls. At least we think that will hold till dollar yen potentially hits uh, 150. But we like to combine it with the cross yen skew underperformance. So basically, earnings skew DK could be interesting. And that's been underway since BOJ, but uh, we think it's, it's kind of still has more to go. So CAD yen, OZ yen, sterling yen. Euro and that's all kind of looks pretty interesting to us. In Euro cross wall space, we think there's a little bit too much premium baked into Euro Latam. Um, so um, even though we liked uh, for quite some time um, Euro Latam expression of carry through the options, uh, this points out that wall carry actually could be also interesting as well in Euro Brazil, Euro Max. And then finally on the wall surface model, which we track as well, uh, there is uh, quite a bit of premium baked into Aussie those skews in the front end, and we think it's interesting potentially to fade it. It aligns pretty well with the Goldilocks expectations uh, about the broad backdrop. That would be um, really the highlights that we have uh, for now in the in the FX uh, option space. Thanks a lot, Lab um, and Antonin, for joining us. If you need more detail on uh, the views on the macro systematic or uh, the FX derivative side, please take a look at jpmorganmarkets.com. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan Research Reports related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. 2023 JP Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on August 11, 2023.